Welcome, Hawk fans. Welcome to another episode of Hawk Talk. I am your host, Colin Cole, and I am joined by my resident guest host, the two-year all-conference right tackle, three-year starter under Kirk Francis' regime, uh, the luxury real estate mobile, of course, out of Chicago, the Windy City, um, Mr. David Porter. David, thank you for joining me today, my friend. What's going on, dude? How you doing today? Oh man, it, you know what I say. It's another day in paradise. And speaking of Chicago, that's where the Hawks opponent will be coming down from, probably taking a drive down the what's that stretch of road coming from Chicago down to Iowa City? 88. Yeah, they'll be trying probably coming down 88 this uh this upcoming week. From Chicago, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yep, right down into Iowa City, about a three and a half, four hour drive for those Wildcats coming in uh for the matchup against the uh, the Hawkeyes. Now, um, as we know, it's been a bit of a difficult run this far this season. The Hawks are now sitting at three and four, but the Northwestern Wildcats are actually sitting at one and five uh, with losses to Duke. Well, and before I even jump to that, they actually have their one win against in their season opener against Nebraska. That was a 31-28 comeback from behind win out in Dublin, Ohio, which was a huge, huge uh, game for both programs they ended up winning that in comeback fashion like I mentioned but after that I think all the emotion was drained out of that uh, program because they went on to lose to Duke Southern Illinois and Miami all in I mean Miami of Ohio not uh, University of Miami but Miami of Ohio all back to back those were some close games winning by uh, those teams won by a little bit over a touchdown. Miami of Ohio, that was a close one, 17-14. But, uh, yeah, they um, have lost every game since. The game they played uh, last week against uh, Maryland at Maryland, that was, a, that, was a, uh, that was a close one, man. That was a real close one. They actually had a lead heading into half. They were up 17-10 at the, at the half, and, but they weren't able to hold off that, um, that Maryland offense uh, who was being run by their, their backup quarterback. So, it was a bit of a difficult week for them. Um, it's been a, diff- a bit of a difficult season for them. Uh, however, they are—they are not not necessarily um, a, a, a bad outfit. I mean, I watched a lot of the the games. I watched that Penn State game. I watched the uh, the game they played last week against Maryland, and that was a really good game. And they actually have some really good playmakers on both sides of the ball, but specifically on the offensive side. Let me get that part up. Yeah, so they are led by uh, quarterback Ryan Holinsky. Uh, he actually has gone 141 for 200. I mean, I'm sorry. He's gone 141 completions for 244 attempts for 1,576 total yards, six touchdowns. But unfortunately, he's got a bit of a turnover bug, has had six interceptions to his credit as well this season. Um, he has uh, been supplanted at times by Brendan Sullivan, who came in and spelled him. He's gone for 29 for 41 yards for a total of 257 yards. I'm seeing, I'm sorry, 29 for 41 attempts and 257 yards. Uh, two touchdowns and two interceptions to his credit as well. The offense is actually run by Holinsky, but um, about 40% of the offense is Evan Hall, who is their starting running back. He has 125 carries on the season for 547 total yards, uh, the three touchdowns, but he's also a major game player uh playmaker in the passing game is evan hall who also has 40 receptions for 436 total yards 
which uh, he has about a 10.9% average when, on his receptions. He had a long of 45 yards uh, and has a has two touchdowns receiving. Their receiving core is led by Malik Washington. Um, he has 40 catches on the season for 448 yards and one touchdown. Donnie Navarro, the third, he's got 28 receptions for 224 yards and two touchdowns. Bryce Kurtz has 13 receptions. Thomas Gordon and then Marshall Lang are two tight ends that may, that uh, are main contributors. Both have 12 receptions apiece, uh, neither of which have a, a, a touchdown currently. But um, they have a well-rounded offense. Um, like I mentioned, Evan Hull is responsible for about 80%. I'm sorry, 40%. What am I doing today? He's a, he's responsible for about 40% of what their offense is and uh, has been a tremendous, <laughs> tremendous playmaker for this team. So, David, um, going into this upcoming Sunday's, Saturday's, <laughs> Saturday's game, um, what do, uh, what are some of the key factors that the Hawks have to look at defensively looking at this Northwestern offense? Well, defensively, we need to just go out there and play our game, right? We, we know that we're going to get our opportunities with Zelensky throwing the ball, all right? They're going to throw the ball a lot. The running game is, it's okay. It's not as strong as their passing game. This, this, the strength of, the, of their, their offense is their passing game. So, uh, Helensky, he's prone to throwing interceptions. What do we, I think they're, uh, what, six, seven games in, he's thrown at least, he's averaging about one interception a game. I think with our defense, with the pressure that our D line can put on, uh, on him, uh, we're going to see, um, more overthrows. You're going to see some tip balls and the ball hawks back there in the secondary. They're going to do what they do. They're going to grab the ball in the air, and hopefully they get a chance to do something with it. Um, that's really what our defense uh, – I see happening with our defense, especially against this offense. Now, that's not to say that this offense is not going to put up a fight. They're good. <laughs> they they are out there. They're, they're, they have college, uh, athletes, uh, scholarship athletes as well. So they're going to come out there. They're going to put up a fight. If they get going, uh, and uh, it gets later in the game, and they still have they get they're still in it, and they have some time to come back and get some momentum, they have shown, especially against us, that they can they can actually win. They can close out a game against us. But I I'm not expecting that, especially after the way we played against OSU. Uh, that defense, even though it doesn't show it on the the stats with the 54 points that they gave up against uh, OSU or get OSU put up. Um, they played really well. And I think that they deserve to actually um, go out here and take control of this game. And they deserve more credit than what they're getting for the amount of effort that they put out uh, pretty much all season. So they, these guys and those kids, I should say these kids that are on our defense, they've done a tremendous job all season long of holding it up and being um, got – an integral part of our entire team, actually the leaders of our team. The defense is just, I keep saying it, I think they're better this year than what they were last year. And with with this Northwestern team, I think they play really well into our defense's hands as far as being able to get uh, tips and overthrows, get interceptions, get pressures. Maybe uh, Joe Evans comes around again with uh, one of those TEs and, Pops uh, Helensky right in the chest like he did uh, C.J. Stroud. We get a nice little scoop and score again. But um, that's where I see with our defense. 
Uh, we're going to be stout against the run, especially against these guys. I think their O-line just isn't as good as an offensive line that we've seen in the past. Um, they're much better at pass blocking than they are at run blocking. So once we get that going, uh, this defense will, I should say our defense, will take control of this game. As long as the offense, that's a big if for us these days, uh, is able to put together some drives to give these guys some some rest, much needed. Yeah. What are you seeing, man? Well, I would concur with what you've said so far. I think the number one factor defensively for the Hawks going into this matchup is being able to uh, do – Keep Zelensky in the uh, Holinsky in the pocket. He has uh, done damage in terms of uh, being able to get out of the pocket and uh, make plays with his feet, both uh, with running the football as well as uh, giving his receivers opportunity to get open by eluding the pass rush. So having forcing him to be in the pocket as well as doing the best to take away Evan Hall in that run game will definitely dictate what the, the way that this game goes. So those two guys are going to be the key factors. You know, they're, they're obviously their offense in a nutshell, and it's going to be a, a huge task, you know, specifically with Malik Washington, who leads the team and receives it with, uh, with the reception. So that's going to be – it's going to be a task. It's not going to be – it's not going to be easy whatsoever. Um, and Is Malik a wide receiver? Yes. Yes, wide receiver. Yeah, okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. All right. So, so – Flipping over on the other side, uh, we talked a little bit in the last show about the possibility of a quarterback controversy, a little bit of a shakeup. We know that um, Alex Padilla came into the game and the start of the second half against Ohio State. And so this week in practice, they haven't named a starter at this point. I know that you said that you feel that Spencer will remain the starter and Alex may get an opportunity at some point during the game. Uh, that has yet to be seen. Uh, obviously, we'll find out on Saturday. That being said, where does this offense go, David? I mean, we, we talked about it in the last show, man, um, and I was just looking at the stats. So I'm going to give them to you guys right now. Uh, our leading receiver in the passing oh, game. Wow. What? 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 Let's go right there. Let's what? Go. It's, go right they were there. talking about this offense. Leading you know receiver. I'm an offensive guy. You know how game. it hurts me. Is our tight end? Yeah, I think Sam you take McCoy. pleasure in all of this. What are, what are, we, are we not talking football? What's what's happening? We are. We are. It's just it's painful, pain, painful to talk about this offense. You like know I how much it hurts. Like I mentioned in the last show, um, Sam Laporta, <sighs> leading receiver, uh, thirty-six receptions with three hundred thirty-four total yards, um, long of forty-two, but he actually has no touchdowns on the season currently. Uh, Luke Lachey right. is the second leading receiver. He's not 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 in receiving number, not in receiving catches, but uh, in yardage, he actually has 163 total yards uh, in that regard. And then he actually has a touchdown. From there, Arlen Bruce has 15 receptions for 158 total yards and one touchdown. Nico Regani, 14 receptions for 157 total yards. And um, from there, it's it's kind of couple of single digits. LaShawn Williams at five, Brody Brecht at four, Gavin Williams at six, Alec Wick at two, so on and so forth down the, down the the uh, the roster. So what we look at this game, it is homecoming week, and 
what do we look at, David, in terms of how this offense, what, what, uh, what, how do they find their footing, and what is the game plan Brian Ferris is putting together against his Northwestern defense? Well, your guess is as good as mine. I, I'm going to put that out there, and everybody else in Hawkeye Nation, we're all just, you know, we're we're hoping and praying that you know we see some things that make sense. But so far this season, I. Our prayers haven't been answered. I just haven't. I, I, you're asking me to, to like come up with an answer like this, that would be logical. I just don't understand how I'm going to do. Well, let me do the opposite. Well, I'm going to say I would hope I'm going to put say if I were looking at this whole thing, what I would do. I can't say what Brian would do because my mind doesn't work like that. If I were looking at this offense, I would hope we would see Alex Padilla come in as starter, right? He comes in there, he gets going, he's been practicing with the ones all week. We know we don't have ones against ones during the season normally. Choose going against your special team players, right? So this is a time where he should be able to go out there, get his right reads, know where his progressions are going to be, so he can understand the mechanics that he's going to actually have to use when he's actually in the game. And going against called the scout team with his first team offense, he should be able to get his timing down. So that way, when you go out there in the game and you're with the first team offense, your timing is where it needs to be. That also works with the running back. So the way that the quarterback is cadence, the way he receives the ball from the center, the way he hands the ball off, all of that stuff is just a little different when you bring in a different person. All of us are not created equal. We're not the same. We do things just a little different. So it takes the entire offense being in continuity for this to work. And it starts with the quarterback. It starts with the center, you know, passing the ball back or hiking the ball back to the to the quarterback. Uh, that said, I'm hoping we get the running game going, especially with this young offensive line that we have. Um, they really need to get their run fit that will actually help open and up the pass game, get that run game established, get LaShawn Williams back there, get him you know, ready to go and, and just freaking toting that rock and getting that offensive line uh, back there so they can start firing off on people as opposed to like when you're young, like these guys are on the O-line, being in pass blocking. Right there, these guys are doing more of the, the receiving because they're not, they don't really have their punch yet. They haven't figured that out. And the twist and the blitzes that Northwestern does on defense, that can be quite confusing, especially in the, uh, the passing game. And as we've seen, our tackles struggle, and uh, our guards, our center too, they all struggle with um, these different pass rushes that we've seen throughout this year. So I'm hoping we get the running game going, and by doing that, we'll help us get some play-action passes going, uh, maybe some um, – some naked, some boots, things of that nature, so that we can get our, our passing game going. That's what I would hope. Um, if we're going to see it, you know, we don't. I don't know. I don't know at this point. Well, uh, Iowa Hawkeye offense is predicated on the outside stone stretch scheme. The yeah. last week I saw some gap trap, which is guard pull, uh, center center guard tackle down, guard pull. Saw some of that last week. I feel as though 
starting with establishing the running game has always been the number one way to get this offense going. Getting these five guys up front to start really just getting getting downhill, firing off, getting guys moving off the line of scrimmage is going to be the first and foremost focus of what this offense needs to do. Regardless of who is taking the snap from center, that has to be figured out and that has to be a point of focus this week in practice as well as uh, getting the ball out on the edge. And who, regardless of who's taking the snap from under center and regardless of who's taking the ball from that uh, from that, from that quarterback, that individual who's running the ball, we, we need some downhill running. We need some – they need those, uh, like you've mentioned throughout the season, we need those guys on the backside to stick as well as those guys on the front side to stick on their blocks. And I feel like this offense can definitely – take advantage of what Northwestern has done thus far this season. So it's going to be a tough matchup no matter how we look at it. But I, I, I do feel like we have to give the edge to the Hawkeyes due to the fact that they have played some explosive. Uh, well, I'm sorry. I should say Northwestern has given up some explosive plays and explosive games against um, some teams that are not necessarily – to the caliber of what uh, either team. I thought you were going to say we have an explosive offense. I was like, whoa, nah, hold on. You know, I was, nah, I was, was the time I, was, I, the time I was like, early. Like, got to change happened? on you there. <laughs> got to move it around on you there. <laughs> like, we got an explosive defense. Yeah, so we got that. All right. nah, I didn't didn't say that. I didn't come out of my mouth at all. No, those weren't the words that were coming out of my mouth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> Moving right along, uh, this is uh, rather interesting, David. Um, I saw, looking at some of the stuff uh, heading into this game, I, I saw one of the headlines, which was, it was uh, it was an interesting headline, and you know, it, it had me um, had me thinking, man, this is this is uh, this is wild in my regards. Um, the um, the hall this matchup that we're getting ready to watch on Saturday between Northwestern and Iowa is actually, it could be the, um, has the the capacity is currently low, is actually currently looked at as being opening up as the lowest over under in college football history um, currently. And what that means is that um, if it holds, it will be the lowest game total in college football <laughs> history. Um, the the over under is thirty one and a half points, and if it holds, oh, it's the lowest game total in college football history. So, the the specialists that looked at this type of stuff looked at the matchup and they came up with an over under of thirty one and a half points, which, like I said, would be the lowest in college football history of them taking this statistics so uh interesting fact david um any thoughts on that yeah. any thoughts we're making a lot of we're making a lot of history this, this season aren't we holy smokes yeah. wow yeah it's um that is very indicative of where we are as a program right now especially on the offensive side of the ball our defense has been um more than their fair share i want to say I know we heard of that's football, but um, you know that that's just not the kind of football that I'm used to seeing at Iowa, and that wasn't the kind of football that we played when we were there, and that's not the kind of football that I really expected at all at 
Iowa. So um, that kind of fell on deaf ears for me, and it really went over like a lead balloon. And boy, that that stat here with us not being well, thirty-one and a half points. Oh boy. Um, yeah, that one. That's just ugly. Yeah. Last last week we gave up what fifty four points to uh, Ohio State. That was our worst the defensive total. performance in. Yep. Yeah, that's the worst one in Kirk's history at yeah. Iowa. Yeah. We're, we're clear regression here. Yeah. So they, they 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 in this article it goes on to say last year's UConn UMass game. Um, they they they're comparing this game to that game, saying that uh, it's must watch. UConn oh played UMass. They're comparing it in this article. They're talking about those two and how the purpose of watching the game was strictly to see how bad the potential of the worst college football game of all time. That's what uh, they're they calling. Said. That's what they said uh, in the article that this has the potential of being one of the worst college football games of all time. I hate that they just completely of all time. <sighs> It is complete, of all time. completely then disrespectful. This this complete disrespect, man. Or we're being compared to UConn and UMass? Completely. Oh my God. So regardless of what's being headlined in this game, the Hawks have an opportunity to go ahead and get things figured out between how and who is the gonna be the starter and if they're going to go to a two quarterback type of situation or they're going to continue down this road man and uh they definitely no, have of, yeah, they have a lot of questions they have a lot of things they got to answer they got a lot they got to deal with and you know we, we'll see so far it's been uh it's been difficult this season at three and four we'll see where they go from here uh the season is in in a difficult spot because we don't know if they'll be able to amass enough wins to get into a bowl game, they definitely have an opportunity, David. But um, again, like we talked about before, where do they mass? Where do they where do they uh, manufacture these these W's? Because they have to play, like we mentioned, uh, Halloween weekend at home against Northwestern, which we just talked about. But with four games after that at Purdue, uh, Wisconsin at home, who I watched watched the film on them against Northwestern, and they just straight dominated Northwestern. They really made a statement in that win playing under uh, interim head coach Jim Leonard in that game against Northwestern. So they're going to be a tough match no matter how we look at it. And we are, like I mentioned, Purdue first. They, they, we know the history that this team has against Purdue at Minnesota and end the season against Nebraska at home. So manufacturing, manufacturing wins, wins, man. Where does it come from? I'm, I'm looking at the schedule right now, and I'm 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 with you. I'm I'm almost tossing my hands up. I was scratching my hair, you know, if I had any. But um, Northwestern's always a tough opponent against us. Uh, like you said, when they played against Wisconsin, Wisconsin had that running game going. My goodness, they looked really good. They just imposed their will. And we Purdue, we're actually at Purdue, and they have Charlie Jones and Tyrone Tracy. And before they even had those guys, they were tough against us. That was his name, David Bell from last year. Heck, this dude got drafted off this game, plus I would think. You know, it's just um, 
It was going to be really tough sledding. Minnesota, they're they're not slouches either. None of these guys are slouches. Nebraska might be our easiest test. Not even those guys. This might be our easiest test coming up, Northwestern. Other than that, this is a, a lot. second half of the season. Season is really tough for these guys, and I just hope our defense holds up. And it's, you know, how it gets we're then back into the season. All those nagging things that were there at the beginning of the season, they didn't get better as the season goes on because you're still hitting. You're still out there hitting and doing things, and you know, you try to do less and try to do things so you can recover. But just in season, it's just not enough time. And, Man, that brings to mind Terry Roberts, who's missed the last number of games with his injury, who's there trying to work back into the games. You know, you know how it goes when you have stuff like that. It's just hard. It's difficult to to really try to to uh, to get back because you're constantly re-aggravating and re-injuring those injuries. So hopefully this uh, we can. Hopefully this group can can find itself this week. That's 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 the biggest thing. If they can find themselves and get back on track, then the sky's the limit. You know, this, with the defense and special teams unit that they have, the sky's in the limit. Just got to manufacture first downs and, and touchdowns and, and go from there. Yeah, that's what we got to do. But I just hope, like we said last week, I hope that these kids are actually – I know we all forget. We talk about football all the time. So these guys are like professional athletes. These are just kids out here. Uh, I hope that these kids, especially the seniors, um, God, Spencer, he's a senior too. Their last year, um, they go end on a high note and they have something, some kind of pride in what they've done, um, especially on the offensive side. I'm hearing reports of Arlen Bruce and a lot of those guys are starting to apologize for the defense on a regular basis. That's just not a great thing, especially not for um, those guys in that in that facility there. Yeah, this uh, manufacturing wins. Um, going to be tough sledding, especially with the way we're going. And as Kirk said, he's not really going to make any assessments or make any changes until after the season. So I think we kind of know the course that we're headed on. And unless he does a uh, complete about face, and, you know, got a complete <laughs> opposition of what he's done the past, what, 22, 23 years. We kind of know what's ahead for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it has. <clears throat> we're, at, we're at the breaking point in the season. And we've seen what uh, everything can be done. We've seen both sides of the ball, all three phases of the ball. This is a group that can get it done. They just got to get it together. So we'll see. Uh, Saturday, 3.30, uh, Kinnick Stadium, uh, Duke Slater Field. What? We got it. We got it. Okay, yeah. So all those factors. You don't believe me. Looking forward to Saturday. No, no, absolutely. Going into this game, we're looking for a dub. We just got to get those guys Mm -hmm. involved. You know, you got to mix it up and start getting those receivers and everybody involved. And, uh, you know, and all good things will happen. Get uh, Arlen going, get uh, Nico Regani going. And this, this sky's the limit for this offense. They just got to get it going. So mm-hmm. with that, that's the show for the day. I appreciate you all for joining us. Uh, for David Porter, I'm Colin Cole. Um, make sure you guys 
click like, subscribe, all that good stuff. And appreciate your support. Uh, we'll keep the show going, keep it rolling throughout the season, and all that good stuff. Uh, again, thank you guys for joining us. Uh, God bless and go Hawks. Go Hawks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.